Hi, I'm Bob O'Haver. Welcome to the Why Meditate podcast. I'm asking questions of teachers, scientists, and religious leaders. Thank you for your support. Thanks again. Now on with our discussion. Well, hello. I'm here with Gloria Kamler, meditation teacher. And um, again, in all disclosure, I met Gloria as one of my teachers over at UCLA. So we're just going to jump in. And how are you today before we get started? <laughs> I'm um, happy. Are you? Happy well, to good. be here. Good. Curious as to what this is going to be and very excited about what you're doing. Well, great. I appreciate that. So the first question is why meditate? That's a really good question. One of my teachers who has been Shinzen Young, mm-hmm. that's one of the things he has asked to, when you first sit down every time, you can ask that question. <laughs> and quite often I do ask that question yeah. and I encourage others to ask themselves the same question as to why we do this practice. So I ask myself the question and I get different answers at different times. Mm-hmm. Definitely when I got interested in meditation 30 some years ago, my reasons for meditating, I don't know that I had a well-formed reason. I right. just heard it was kind of an interesting thing to do, and it was 1969, and I wanted to find some way to bring in some peace. And so I heard meditation maybe could be helpful right. in that regard. And so that's what first got me into uh, interested. You know, it was the time of the Vietnam War, and mm. there was a lot of conflict, and recognizing that maybe there's more... Um, maybe there's just more about life that I couldn't see, you know. I, sure. So that would, that's what got me interested then. And then I suspect over time I got interested more specifically in mindfulness of that approach to mm-hmm. meditation. Just recognizing that I had a very serious meditation practice that was two and a half hours a day. Wow. And I did that for 10 years. And that was a Holy very cow. long time to do practice. Yeah. And over that time, I always felt that something was missing for me in mm-hmm. terms of the kind of meditation it was. It was a, it was a mantra-focused practice. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, it didn't seem to be impacting my life in terms of me noticing how, how important it was in my life. So I was looking after 10 years, I was looking for wanting to meditate because I knew it was a good way to help me focus and to calm down Mm. a bit, but I wanted something more relevant for how I lived my life, maybe the ethical way of living my life. I'm not sure what it was, but I knew I needed something different. Plus, two and a half hours a day of meditation practice was unsustainable for me. Um, I I wasn't the best meditator, (laughs) and so... (laughs) Um, well, it was, two and a half hours, two was, hours a day, that's that's quite a bit. Two and a half hours is one-tenth of your day. Yeah. You know how people tithe a tenth of their money? Yeah, yeah, right. This is a tenth of your time. Wow. And, and I did it for a long time, but I never felt like I was very good at it. Mm-hmm. So I was looking around the last couple years of, of in that 10-year time of was there something else I could do? And I came across Buddhist practice, the mm-hmm. mindfulness practice, and I started to learn how to do it, and I could see how it was relevant to my life. 
Right. And and then I got involved with John Kabat-Zinn and mindfulness-based stress reduction, his whole program. Mm-hmm. And that really made it very clear to me how this practice could overlay and actually inform my life and inform I was a therapist. I, I work with people in chronic pain. And so right. for okay. years, for 40 over 40 years. And so for me, it was a great tool to for myself, but also to teach other people, besides working with them to help them with their health, mm-hmm. this could help them more with, in addition to their physical health, their emotional health as well, which I felt would be even more beneficial. So I got interested through that, and that pulled me in to get more interested right. as why I meditate. And then I found that once I got into mindfulness meditation, even though my mind is, you know, like a wild horse, it thinks a lot and <laughs> constantly is going to the sure. places, I found that it felt relevant to me to see things more clearly to and over time i started to see that i felt more kind to myself mm. and to others in a way i mean i've always been nice to people and i've always been in the helping profession so that's right. more of my nature but i found a deepening of kindness for myself and my own fragileness mm-hmm. and that and I wasn't expecting that, but that's one of the benefits I've seen come out of the practice. So I think my work kept me going with this practice of meditation, but I think as I've experienced it on a more personal level, it's that's been the infusing to keep me going and more and more interested. Right. Well, that's, that's great. And that also kind of leads into the next question. The next question is, what is your definition of mindfulness? And what does it look like to live a mindful life? Hmm. Gosh, that's a great question. I have all these definitions memorized in my head. That's right. (laughs) Due to the classes that I teach. So you might hear one that you've heard from others. But basically, to me, mindfulness is being present with whatever our experience is right now. Mm -hmm. So to really be there without resisting the experience of now. In other words, if there's any fighting going on, it's putting down the fight. Experiencing something more fully with interest, curiosity, and kind of a don't-know mind. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, the definition that we give at UCLA, which you have probably had recorded on here a few mm-hmm. times, of, you know, basically this open curiosity, this interest and openness to the moment and a willingness to be with things as they are. And what I mean by that is kind of letting go of the fight with whatever's coming up mm-hmm. and and just getting interested so it can be a learning experience of how to proceed. So maybe not so much going around life really slowly and doing everything very deliberately. I mean, that is... Yeah, no, I don't is, mean that. No, I mean being able to kind of flow with the flux and flow of life without fighting about everything, without having to control everything. So just kind of going with the flow. Going more with the flow of life and being aware and awake to it. So in other words, when life is difficult, because if I'm aware of that it's difficult, then I can work with it in a more constructive way rather than when life gets difficult and I'm on automatic pilot. Usually I do things that aren't so skillful and that are hurtful to me or to somebody else. Mm. So it's just kind of lighting up the moment as much as we're able. We go unconscious a lot, all of us. I do. In our daily <laughs> I, life. You know, oh, yeah. In our daily life, yeah. yeah, and on the cushion. Sure. And so 
What I used to see as a flaw that I couldn't focus or concentrate, I just see it as, oh, this is what it is to be human. And so it's, for me, it's, it's been a much more, it's created a much bigger field of acceptance of my own experience and also a lot more possibility with how can I deal with life when it is hard? Because mm-hmm. I know that when I go unconscious, I do stuff that I can see how I contribute to some of the suffering that right. I might have or someone else might have. And right. when I'm more awake, yeah, sometimes life is is hard. You know, this week's been a great example of hard, you know, things mm-hmm. we can't control. But what's the most skillful way to navigate when it's hard? Mm-hmm. So that's, to me, mindfulness can really... It comes in handy then to recognize for me that there's a choice. Right. Because I didn't used to look at life that way. Life was just like dodging cars or something. You know, just, I don't know, I, the examples I used to oh, use are too true to life these days. But just like it, sometimes life feels like traffic is just coming at you. And it's like, how do we navigate in a way, you know, to just make it as, as, as best as it can be for mm-hmm. whatever the circumstances are. And also a benefit, and which really surprised me, is is that I get to see some of the goodness in my life that I might have just missed because of just worrying about all this other stuff. Sometimes it's hard to just go, gosh, the sky is blue today and it's just beautiful. And then my whole system calms down. So right. it's, it's helpful to also recognize the goodies that are also going on where the habit is to just to go around worrying. Mm-hmm. Or that could be my habit. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if it's everybody's habit. I, I, <laughs> I think there's a good bet that there's a lot of people that are feeling yeah. the same way. So I don't know if I got to your question. Did I get to your question? You want to reframe it living again? The li- living a mindful life is, is being able to go with the flow. Yeah, so to, to move with it as skillfully as possible. Mm-hmm. And hopefully with some joy. Right. You know? Rather sure. than just looking, you're not just looking like an investigator, what's wrong, what's wrong? Because that's <laughs> normally how we're walking around. Right. There's a lot of that. Right, you know, right. When's the next shoe going to drop? <laughs> and I never used to really think that consciously, but I really asked people that question, that what makes it so you didn't notice how good you felt in that moment? Mm-hmm. And people quite often would share they're afraid to really enjoy themselves because they're just waiting for what's going to happen next. Oof. And uh, so, so I feel like this has helped me really, this practice of mindfulness has helped enjoy when life is good to, to notice it and to enjoy it more. That's great. And That's great. hopefully to go more skillfully when it's hard. Yeah, and we all have that journey. <laughs> yeah. Um, the next question is, what is the difference between meditation, contemplation, and prayer? It's an interesting question. Because I, I do find sometimes over at UCLA that in some of those classes, people were using meditation and contemplation almost synonymously, and I see them as different things. And they were kind of using the, you know one, one time and the other at the other time. So that, that's where the question came from. And then I threw prayer in because that's another type of meditation in a lot of beliefs. Which a lot totally of, uh, throws beliefs. it. Yeah. So, so what's your definition of contemplation? I'm just curious. What is mine? Yeah. Contemplating a, a thing. I mean, thinking, thinking about, about something. Thinking about something. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah. So my mind and your mind are in the yeah. same place. <laughs> as we're <laughs> as asking this question. 
So I think about meditation, like mindfulness training, mindfulness we talk about is the training of the brain. Right. So we can train our attention to be present, and we can also train ourselves to be more open and, you know, to be present with what's happening. So contemplation to me is more just like what you were just sharing. When I think about contemplation, I'm thinking about a word that I sometimes use is thinkitation. <laughs> sometimes it's sometimes I'm meditating and then I get into thinking something through. Right. So right. someone might call that contemplation. I don't know that I would call that meditation because I don't think it's right. really helping my training of of being in the moment. I think I go off on a train of thought in the contemplation. But there is value to right. contemplation as well. So it might be, um, I'm thinking of, um, I'm going blank right now. I'm thinking about um, the Diamond Heart training. Do you mm-hmm. know about that? And they do no. different reflections of sorts. They have a name for it, but I'm, that's where I'm going blank at the moment. But anyway, these are, they do contemplations of, of a topic. And, right. you know, and then you think about it. So to me, meditation, at least mindfulness meditation, there's a couple ways one can do it. Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's shamatha and there's vipassana right. in the kind of meditation that mindfulness is, is in, it's in. You right. know, and this is in the Theravadan tradition mm-hmm. of Buddhism. But where if you just if we're going to call it secular mindfulness, right? <laughs> okay, give it that umbrella. I would say it's still a training of attention. Back to what I was saying, and the meditation is where we train the attention. But as I just mentioned, these two words, shamatha and vipassana, shamatha is that focused attention on, so maybe we're focusing on the breath, and and we can have a really blissful state that comes out of it. Mm -hmm. But then you also have vipassana, which can be when the mind is really focused, then you can do some insight observation and gaining more insights into our habitual nature as human beings. Mm -hmm. And so how I see that is, is that some people might call that contemplation when you go into vipassana. I don't see it that way myself. I see contemplation as more thinking something through. Mm-hmm. Um, and a it single can, subject and focused on that. Yeah, or, yeah. or whatever you're contemplating, right. you know, uh, if it's a single subject or whatever the topic mm-hmm. is. And I wouldn't compare that to vipassana, to the insight part of of this practice that we're talking about. I Mm -hmm. I see it as slightly different, although you might gain some of the same insights that you might in your meditation. But meditation to me isn't sitting and thinking about something. But you could choose to have a a session where you get very focused and you're meditating and then you could choose to work something out, just as I might choose to go on a mindful walk and I'm not necessarily going to be with walking. I might choose to be very focused on something as I'm walking, let's say my steps or feeling the air or feeling my arms move. Mm-hmm. But then at some point I might decide that I'm going to contemplate something. I'm going to think about something sure. while I, and, and I consciously choose to do that. Prayer yeah. is, I'm not the best person to talk to about prayer because I don't think I have it together in right. truth. Sure. Um, a clergy person might be better or someone who prays more often. Right. But to me, prayer, you know, as a young child, I, I grew up Jewish. Mm-hmm. I went to temple. 
I loved services. I loved praying at temple. Mm. I loved coming home and singing the songs. And I also, before I went to bed, I loved saying prayers to God and the whole thing. Sure. I don't do that now. Mm-hmm. And in truth, I, ha- I haven't totally worked that out in my mind as to how prayer fits in. Right. I, I'm not anti it. I just, I'm in a very curious place around it. Sure. Well, and that's that was the reason for the question, because yeah. it, it was also in my history. Um, when I was growing up, I, I grew up a uh, Southern Baptist. Uh-huh. So it was very in the forefront. Uh-huh. But it is very different than my meditation practice, and it is very different than uh, contemplation, pra- contemplation practice. You know, And I see those as definitely different things. That was why I kind of separated them. And, and I can also see a prayer being kind of a contemplation at times. Yeah. Because yeah. you're focused on a thing and you're praying about that thing and it kind of works through that. So I'm kind of, I'm kind of curious to see what kind of reaction I'm going to get from a, from a Baptist minister, you know, as somebody who does some type of meditation and, and to see that. So I'm yeah. anxious to, you know, take this to that point, yeah. you know, which yeah. is in my plans here. And the obvious here is the idea of God, and or at right. least to me, um, and, and you know, in Buddhist practice, we don't really talk so much about God, right. and um, and in secular mindfulness, we're definitely not, not talking, talking about, about God. God either, right? And and so for me, because it is a part of what I grew up with, and there, you know, I'm a, I guess I would be considered a Jubu, <laughs> I think is the proper title. That right. I might have, and it's still um, still out for review. I, sure. I'm curious. It, it's a place of curiosity to me that I really because sometimes in classes I'll see people talk about prayer synonymous to meditation, and it really isn't that way for no, me. No, I don't. Agree. And I don't, don't want to. You know, everyone needs to do whatever they need to do well, and what course. they feel right about, particularly around prayer and you know our beliefs mm-hmm. and those kind of things. But I'm curious to understand it more. Mm-hmm. So that's why it's it's a place that um, I feel my eyes are very big right now and open and interested as to how this is for people. Right. You know, and I think it's a curious time in history because there is so much division amongst people mm-hmm. and ideas about other people, strong ideas that we each have about other people. And I recognize this is just a place for me that I haven't explored in my later years of life, you know, right. in, in where I am now. As I was very interested as a young child, but um, curious again, but for a little different kind of reasonings. Yeah, cool. So. The last question is, how do we promote compassion in ourselves and in the world around us? How do we make it part of our life? And what does that look like when we're doing that? What a great question. Your <laughs> questions are really good. Thank you. I, I that's why I kept it four, because I... <laughs> no, that's good. That was good. So to me, the biggest surprise about the practice mm-hmm. is this ability to be more compassionate and kind to myself and to others. Mm-hmm. That is definitely... If any, you know, people go around the classrooms every, you know, time we meet in class, the first question is, what brought you here? And, um, you know, all these similar questions that Mm -hmm. that you might be asking, you know, why are people here? And to me, when I talk about the benefits, you know, I have a list of benefits of why people might want to do this. And 
But to me, the one benefit that is totally surprising to me is to realize how we really are wired to be kind and compassionate to ourselves and each other. But we also have a very strong wiring system of reactivity and automatic pilot and where that amygdala is in charge and there's just a lot of fight or flight about everything. And so I was more familiar with that posture in my life. And so over the years, and for me now it's, as I mentioned, I think I started meditating then, you know, when I was in my early 20s mm-hmm. and um, or late 19 or whatever. I started a long time ago. And over time, I've just seen that there's just a much more compassionate person. And I didn't realize a much kinder person. And it's not that I don't still have a broadcast person in my head that mm-hmm. is critical and can have, you know, can can get not so kind about myself or somebody else or something else. But I don't hear it now as the commander-in-chief that is running the show as much as, isn't that interesting? And, and, so, and, and that's a very different stance than I once heard my own mind mm-hmm. and watched it dictate what I was to think and do. And, and now I can, there's some space where I can just see it, be interested, and then make a choice as to how to proceed. So to me, that is the biggest surprise. And it's not a surprise when you read these teachings, but it was a surprise to me because I hadn't read these teachings. I was just doing these teachings, and over time, Mm -hmm. this is what I saw really changed, is that I really believe that our true nature is to be kind and caring to ourselves and to each other. And I think due to a lot of fear and a lot of our own PR in our own heads and mm-hmm. what comes at us, it, it, it makes us question that, you know, our real goodness. And, it, you know, just so much habit stuff of fear and, you know, making sure we're okay and this is okay, that, that we lose sight of how we're connected and how we're connected to ourselves, how we're connected to each other, Mm -hmm. how I have a relationship to my neighbor or to somebody in the Amazon or wherever that is. Mm -hmm. And so to me, that's been the biggest surprise. I don't think it's anything that I have consciously done (laughs) to become more compassionate. I've just witnessed that over the years, Mm -hmm. it's kind of like the... The waves in the ocean just pounding at the rocks. They get smooth over time, yeah. you know. <laughs> or if it's the pearl, if it's yes. the pearl that you know has the grit of the sand, and the uh-huh. and then suddenly you have a pearl. Who would have expected any of that? But ultimately, over time, life happens, and and we start to feel more comfortable, kind of navigating in it, mm-hmm. and and we don't take, or I'm not taking it quite as personally. As where I used to think everything was so personal, and mm-hmm. would and and as as that starts to change, and we start to witness our own fragility, and then see it. I mean, right now, it's you know you can just see how the world. There's so many vulnerable people, and Truly. and that don't have a voice. So social justice to me is part of what you're mm-hmm. talking about, the compassion that to take action in the world, not through hating other people, but actually 
through having more understanding and also really talking about what is true and what is important. Mm -hmm. So I just find it's a natural movement that has happened more and more. And I don't think it's because I'm thinking about it. I think it's, it's every breath that I'm here for, you know, every is pounding away at that rock. Yeah, no, that's, <laughs> a great, that's a great analogy. So yeah, yes. that's kind of how I see that. And so it helps me feel my own heart more mm-hmm. and the hearts of others. And so I think there's some basic things. Christian Neff and uh, Chris Germer, mm-hmm. you know, they have this um, self-compassion course and program that I think is very good, mm-hmm. actually. And um, But one of the things they talk about is to be more mindful, to um, be more kind, and to have the sense of belonging. And I think that those three pieces are so important, and particularly the last one, the mm-hmm. sense of belonging, um, to remember that. And those who come to my classes, I'm always talking about feeling your feet on the ground. Right. And I'm always talking about feeling that connection in the earth to all beings on the earth. And maybe some people don't even notice how important that is. But to me, just coming into the present moment, maybe feeling your breath, but then really connecting the sense of belonging, how important that is, that we too are supported and we forget that. Mm -hmm. And so I I really appreciate what Christian Neff and, and... uh, Chris Germer have talked about with those three components because I think that's a big part of being able to sustain and even get in touch with our own sense of compassion and caring. And sure. Kindness. Well, that kind of goes along with you know the phones and everything. There's a lot of technology that separates us. Yeah. And that grounding ourselves, and, and I really appreciate that. And uh, there was a time in my life I thought when I heard people say that it sounded kind of you know, woo-woo. kind of woo-woo. That's exactly the word I was going to use. Those are the movements he's making yeah. with his hands right now. <laughs> <laughs> but coming to realize, coming to realize that that compassion and and I felt similar things from my practice and and feel that I am more kind than I used to be, <laughs> you know, and that kind of thing, and can see those are the real benefits that I can see. But anyway, I appreciate I appreciate your time. Thank you so very much for doing this. Thanks for listening today. And remember to leave a comment. Subscribe to the podcast on either Apple or Android. Search for Why Meditate. Now, take a minute or two to take it in. Close your eyes and you can sit with what you just heard. The music will continue for about three and a half minutes. Have a beautiful day.